Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure, episode 50-something. I'm Matt. I'm Dory. We're coming to you live from Los Angeles, California, live to tape. Yep. What does live to tape mean? What do you mean? Like, if it's not actually live, why don't they just call it recorded? Uh, If you're shooting live to tape, you are shooting something with with the intent of not editing. Ah, so you're okay. shooting live to tape, Got which it. is technically what we do. We rarely edit on That's this show. That's true. That is true. Um, yeah. So here we are, mid two week wait. It's a ten day wait. Yeah. We're recording on a Thursday. By the time this goes up, we won't know. We won't know, but by the time you've listened, we might know. Yeah. Because it comes out on Monday, and Dory's beta is Monday. Correct. And I've thus far resisted testing. Yeah. Well, if you were to try testing on your own, I feel quiet. Do you feel quiet? No. Oh. 
Um, if you were to try testing on your own. But it might be these great new headphones you got me. That's great, honey. I'm so glad. Thank you. Do people hear the headphone ordering? No. No, I think that, yeah, they did. They, they, I think they heard you getting agitated about my lack of headphone knowledge. It wasn't your lack of headphone knowledge. It was the fact that we were using headphones that aren't really used for monitoring. No, it was my lack of headphone knowledge. You, you mansplained headphones to me. It's called mansplaining. It's a new segment on Sidekick with Matt Myra. Tune in Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. on projectalpha.com. That's 9 p.m. Pacific. That's right. Midnight East Coast. What, what? Leave your iTunes reviews, kids. And also join the Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash excellent adventure. Uh, you can go to excellentadventure.com to learn more about infertility. We have a resources page. We have a donations page. If you want to support the podcast, you could also follow us on Twitter at excellentpod. A lot of you have been doing that, but we'd like more of you to do that. Email us, dorianmatt at gmail.com and mattandory at gmail.com. And of course, our telephone number is 413-461-BABY. Baby. Okay. Um, now that that's out of the way, everyone wants to know, Dory, how are you spending your two-week wait? Well, I've watched five episodes of Victoria. That's okay. How many are there? There's eight oh, in the ooh, first season. You're almost there. I'm almost there. Uh huh. Um, I've been uh not exercising. Ditto. Because that's not allowed. Right, and I'm supporting Dory. Uh huh. By not exercising. I got really mad at my Apple Watch the other day. Did you see me tweet that? No. No. Oh. My Apple Watch was like, hey, Dory. Like, it was basically like, how oh, you, come... Did you do the OS update? Yeah. Oh, boy. It was uh, like, you haven't... You haven't... You, you didn't close any rings yesterday. No worries, though. You got today to, like, seize the day. And I was like, fuck you. Apple Watch. You wearing it? Well, not at the moment because we're recording the podcast. Oh. I don't like to be distracted. Everyone who uh, I practice what I preach. Know that I've gone back to my old watches. Mm-hmm. My Apple Watch is on my desk. Yeah. Um. So I got angry. You're not at exercising. It. You got angry at your watch. Yeah, I felt like it was like it was like, hey man, it's trying to shame me. What What are you perplexed about? Where is the other chair? It's in my office. Oh. That's what I was perplexed about. We're sitting around ta- our okay. dining room table. <laughs> but, but this chair has been at the table for three months. I know, but I've never been barefoot under this table, and I felt the metal. And then I looked, and I was like, wait a second. That's not the same chair. Uh, yeah, that's my old desk chair, but I decided I was more comfortable in the dining chair, so I switched it out. Interesting. Some people wouldn't appreciate the aesthetic of a mismatched chair. Yeah. I mean, I don't really appreciate it personally, but also we don't have people over, so I don't really care. We have a bow. Bow is our people over. Bow. Okay. So you're not exercising. Apple Watch is taunting you. You've watched five episodes of Victoria. I went to a great live podcast last night. Um, Saw that on your Instagram story. Yep. This is where we're at with our marriage. Yep. <laughs> but I I'm like catching up with you on this podcast. <laughs> and I know where you are only by virtue of your Instagram story telling me that you were somewhere. Ah, listen, guys. I went to a live taping of Death, Sex, and Money. Okay. Which is one of my favorite podcasts. 
if you guys never, don't listen. I've never heard it. Well, it's, you know, it's one of the like WNYC podcasts. It's not oh, really sure. in your, your, not in my wheelhouse, not in your wheelhouse, your podcast wheelhouse. Gotta tell you, uh, my favorite podcast has gone weekly. The Fret Files. Oh boy, everyone. Eric Daw <laughs> crushing it with his weekly podcast he interviewed a guy called old fuzzy last week who knows all about telecasters and that was amazing and uh the guy he's interviewing this week is uh specializes in rickenbacker repair that's great but i wasn't finished talking about death sex and money love it so death sex and money she the host anna sale who's like this amazing interviewer she's so good and every episode is a is a different theme death sex or money and they're short they're like half an hour yeah she interviews people Ah. um so like this past week she talked to this woman who is a shoplifter Mm -hmm. you know interesting you mentioned shoplifting i I found the subreddit dedicated to shoplifting okay well this woman said she had been shoplifting since she was a teenager but it really kind of took off when she found a community of shoplifters on tumblr I, Isn't that insane? I've got to tell you, I saw that I I somehow stumbled on it. How did I stumble on it? I think a, 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 a shoplifting post had made it to our all, you know the oh yeah sure. yeah main page uh, because someone stole something and then stupidly tagged something or whatever whatever it was, and then I was like, what is this? And then I went and I looked, and I was like. <gasps> This is crazy. It's crazy. These people are just stealing the stupidest shit. They like I'm talking like packets of four Pokemon cards, toothpaste, and like they're not stealing the toothpaste because they need toothpaste. No, they do it for the rush. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and they show their hauls. Yeah, no, yes, that's what. Well, that's what this woman was talking about on Tumblr. They all show their hauls, and she's talking about her biggest haul was like $2,300 in one day at a number of different stores, different malls. Like, I mean, it was like insane. Do you think these people, I wonder, and maybe they covered this in the in the in in that podcast, if I was the interviewer, I would have asked the following question. Uh, you steal because you get the rush. Um, do you have, it, would it be similar if you were just to give it back to the store? Well, so this woman was a little different because this woman was very poor. Oh, that is very different. And she, uh, she's a child, and she shoplifts in part to like actually support her family, which like added this whole other very dark element to it. But she, you know, she had this whole like moral uh, relative, like sure. relativity. They, everybody, it was, everybody justifies everything. Oh my with god, the way relativity. she justified it, I was like, lady, I feel like I, I genuinely feel bad for you, and you have not had an easy life. Yeah, but like, what you were doing is wrong. Like, <laughs> I, I felt, uh, you know, I was only on that subreddit once, and I felt gross afterwards i just was like i was feeling bad for people that were doing it and i was feeling bad for the stores for some reason and i was feeling bad for she says it's you know it's a victimless crime and (sighs) she doesn't she doesn't steal from small stores she only steals from like walmart and they build it into and i was just like oh my god but like i think a lot of shoplifters must feel that way too Uh, also i was like 
another a post I saw on that com was like, has anyone seen this? And it's like she took a picture of a security thing and does it, will it come off with a magnet or how oh will it come God. off yeah like and they're all like telling each other tricks of the trade and stuff that's insane one guy talking about being cased at uh, home depot and they found him out and he's like how did this old guy know i was in there to steal <laughs> wow so it's a uh, crazy anyway so that was that was a really good episode another really good episode was one where she talked to this guy who got his girlfriend pregnant they break up like they kind of shared custody of the kid for the first year of the kid's life. And then like, as the kid kind of growing, like once a kid turned like a year, he was like, gosh, this kid really doesn't look like me. (laughs) Oh no. And it was the title of the episode. was like, I was a father until I wasn't. Oh, that's a good title. Yeah. Anyway, it's a great podcast. She did a live show last night as part of this women's podcast festival. And I just, I had a good time. So that was part of my two week wait. Yeah. Um, ran into some old friends. What else have you been doing with your life? Um, how, if you had to guess, yeah, how many hours you and I are together while you're awake? Yeah, every week per now, week now. What would it be? Um, I would say seven. Seven hours a week. Yeah. Because like we have, we usually have like an hour and a half in the morning. If, because I'm, you know, I'm right, either on a call true. or Wednesdays you're on a call, Thursdays you have therapy. therapy. You know, it's yeah. just like, and then like, I've been walking the dog because you're just so busy. So that's another twenty to thirty minutes crazy. that we're separated. And then at night, it's like, oh, like Tuesday night you had said you were recording Star Trek. So I made plans with my friend Hillary who lives in the neighborhood. I was supposed to record Star Trek. Um, to have dinner. And then Matt was like, I'm not recording Star Trek. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm going to Hillary's for dinner. So like we didn't see each other. Yeah. And then, but then uh, you had to do podcast stuff anyway. You had to watch. I had to, well, I had Star to, Trek. I got my, I got my work work done, which yeah. was to watch episode four of discovery and to finish the living daylights because I recorded last night. I recorded James Bonding in Pasadena at 9 p.m. And we went till about 11. I left Matt's house at 11.05. Yeah. And then got home. So it's and like... you were obviously asleep. Even when you have a free night, quote unquote, you're still doing work. I'm always doing something. It's crazy. And I miss you. I miss you too. And I miss Bo. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we had six more weeks of Trek and then half of the season halfing, half, half point comes. Yep. And then maybe CBS is like, man, we don't need an after track. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Anything could happen. Um, but it is, it has been interesting and I've felt bad throughout this two week wait for not being around. Yeah. The and then weekend. I was like, you know, I'm just like, I was thinking about Monday and I was like, I'm going to be gone so long on Monday. Mondays for those of you who don't know my schedule and I don't, I'm going to officially say this. This is the last podcast in which I will discuss how busy I am because I'm tired of talking about it and I'm sure people are tired of listening. I understand the sentiment. However, it is something that like does affect our lives. It does. It really does. It does. But I, you know, I just, I don't want to harp on it too much, but I'm, uh, I don't even, I lost my train. Oh, Mondays. So Monday is your beta. What time are you going in? Do you know yet? 
I think I just have to go in between 7 and 11. Okay, so Dory's going to go in there. And I won't even land in Los Angeles until 9. I then drive to the Goldbergs. Um, And then I will be there until I leave for Burbank to go shoot Sidekick with Matt Myra. Right. And I will probably get home at 11.30. Yeah. So... It's such a shit, and like you, I, the ideal, I think the ideal way to do this beta situation would be, why don't we go do your beta, and then we'll go have a fun afternoon. We could go to Disneyland, or go see a movie. Yeah, or just something to like take my mind off it. Take both our minds off of it. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's, it's bananas. Yeah. So, it is, uh, it's interesting, and I, and I you know. My friend who recently went through it, we were talking today and she was like, she was telling me not to go into work that afternoon. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know, because I feel like if I'm home, I'm going to be so, I'm going to feel so alone and like crazy. Yeah. But did if you, I'm, did you, what did you, what, I'm trying to think of how to, last time was in November. And you had already peed on a stick. Right. So I already kind of knew. Yeah. So you did go to work, right? But then I met Allie for lunch in Larchmont. So maybe I worked from home. Maybe. I don't remember. You know what? I think. And I got the call when we were sitting in Penquotidian. I think we should should see if Allie's around on Monday. (laughs) (laughs) Just for consistency's sake yeah. uh ali uh ali ward has a great new podcast out called ologies yeah where she's talking to ologists yeah As geologists vulcanologists ornithologists etc uh vulcanologists uh for those listening is the study of volcanoes and not spock hmm, i wouldn't have guessed that um yeah so i and i'm a little weary of monday Obviously, we're both very weary of Monday, but yeah, you know, I realized I have dinner plans with someone who I'm like friendly with, not super close with. Yeah, and I was like, oh, maybe I should just cancel. Um, I think you should really do you. I know. I I I'm gonna I'm gonna because it's a big do you day. It is a big do me day. Yeah, it's a big you know, it's a schlemiel schlemazel. <laughs> I think if it's negative, yeah, I will leave work and go get a massage. I think if it's positive, you should leave work and go get a massage. I don't think you're allowed to in the first trimester. I don't think you're allowed to have massages. Oh, I see. So you haven't had a massage in, 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 I in a massage two week waits. No, I did have a chair massage because I figured that was okay. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm not the... I'm not the massage guy. Well, it wasn't a particularly intense massage. It was um, only 15 minutes. And then last night I did come home briefly because I thought maybe there would be a window to see Dory. And well, and I'd been texting and calling yeah, you the, and I didn't because Adam was in the room and we were tumbling through a story for Goldberg because a transformer blew in our neighborhood. Yes. <laughs> and our electricity went out and I was like, Oh, I don't, actually know how to we have an automatic gate now that has an override and i've like seen matt do it but i've never actually done it myself and i like could not figure out how to do it i believe it. i pointed it out to you and said this is how you do this i know but I you d- have to put all your weight on it you step on that switch okay i was trying to do that and then i was like oh it feels like it's, i'm gonna break it 
Yeah. Um, um, so I was like, okay, well, can't get my car out. Yeah. So you, <laughs> you, um, you lift it to your event. I did, which was actually fine. And I came home. I pulled in. We have two solar lights that are shining on the house. I pulled. I brought those in the house because there was no light whatsoever. And you know, I Bo was a little freaked out by the dark. I think. Yeah. It was too dark for him. So I brought those in, and then I went to Target to get couple of camping lanterns that run on batteries which, which we just been, don't have and so i got a 700 lumen and a 400 lumen little guy and those had been on my list anyway yeah so but, i was glad did you get a hand crank radio by any chance no we can get that at rei um but i ha- was literally came back power was still out walking i when my foot hit the step the power went back on <laughs> and i was holding these lanterns <laughs> So, but I believe me, I was delighted. Yeah. Um, anyway, we have gone on for 18 minutes about our stupid lives. Well, this is a podcast about our stupid lives. <laughs> it's true. To be fair. I'm always, I'm always weary of it. You know, people who don't like it, people who do like it. I don't know. The chit chat. Try to please everybody. You know what? We can't please everybody. Try to please nobody. We could try to please nobody. Um, do you have any other, do you have any other thoughts on this whole situation? You have a, you have a husband you don't see anymore. You have a two week wait you're in the middle of. Yeah. Um, I'm feeling like pretty pessimistic. Um, you know what we have? We, I mean, at least we have Bo. Yeah. Bo's a good comfort dog. He is a good comfort dog. Bo's a very sensitive boy. He has been he's been lying on the chaise with me as I watch Victoria snuggled up against my legs. Yeah. He he knows. There's a dog in Victoria, so you know. Um good, something for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. We had him last November, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're almost gonna be three or four years old. We don't know. Um yeah. So Yeah, it's it, it's it's tough. It's been not that fun. It's been tough. You know what else is like a weird thing is people constantly asking like how are you feeling? Which I know is like their way oh of checking in. I also have something that's also weird, but please say this. You just jogged my memory. But it's also like, I feel like I'm constantly having to be like, I'm fine, but you know, a little stress. I don't know. It's just like yeah, a lot. My <laughs> dad texted me and said that I'm supposed to tell mom about these things. So she doesn't have to hear about it on the podcast. She listens to the podcast. And I just was like, this has like completely slipped my mind. And I'm just like, I don't know if they know how busy I am. Right. So mom, love you. <laughs> Dad, love you too. Um, and uh, by all means, text me and ask me how it's going. I sometimes forget to either return the text 
or to even think to text anybody because like it is i am touch and go from every single place that i visit so if it's work it's like okay i'm here until x time gotta go gotta go do this thing and it's 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 i don't have a ton of thought time yeah of like oh what do i need to do i just sort of like i'm i'm i feel like every time i'm in a room i'm in the eye of a hurricane Mm. and when i'm leaving the room that's my hurricane Mm. it's a weird thought but that's how it feels so mom and dad sorry for not keeping you posted other than this podcast um, apparently my dad listens to the podcast. Avishai, thanks for listening. Please buy a shirt. Um, they did buy shirts. Oh, that's very cute. Yeah, they I bought shirts. And well, they, you know, your dad always needs a good workout shirt, yeah. you know? And they they also sent us some money for IVF. What? Yeah. Did our did our Jewish guilt work? I think it did. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. My dad FaceTimed me and was like, Dory? Hi, Dory. He was like, the family, the Supreme Family Council has consulted. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck is he about to say? <laughs> and we have decided to give you, the, you know, X amount of money for, uh, I don't even know if he said IVF. It was like they couldn't even say it. For your baby. <laughs> well, thank you, Abishai. Yes, it was, very, it was very sweet. And thank you, Roberta. Yeah. Even though it's just Abishai listening until I hear otherwise. <laughs> okay. How do you feel? Do you think we got it all out of the way? I think so. Anything else? Um, we don't need to tell everyone about the car. No. Okay. <laughs> just say there's a car in the shop because one of us has trouble parking that's all we will say about it uh and it is now time for everybody's third favorite part of this podcast the emails wait what are the first two favorite parts i don't know maybe voicemails Mm. and then lex yeah Uh, there's an article about lex i know on something and they found him because of us (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they they emailed us they emailed the podcast email and they were like hey could you put us could you put me in touch with lex like we want to feature him they have oh, it's great. a site that does like how people listen to podcasts like they have a feature of that every oh, week good um and they talk to lex and he listens you know you were right about truck drivers like he was saying he listens nine oh, to ten hours huge. a day well i told you the ups guy when i was meeting with my lawyer what oh yeah he knew he knew you yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Did I tell that on the podcast? I feel like no. I think you just told me. Oh, so I was me. I was. I had to hire an entertainment lawyer to deal with all of this stuff that's happening. And he was like, "Oh, well, let's go to lunch." And I was like, "Sure." Uh, Mitch, great guy. Uh, and we were walking across the street in Beverly Hills from his office to the lunch place, and the uh, a UPS driver leans out and says matt myra (laughs) and i said to mitch i was like that is that's my target demo right there people in cars yep people just having some listening times yep so if you're driving right now i appreciate you more than the people who aren't driving right now wow people who are in a subway i appreciate you a little bit less but that doesn't mean 
that I don't appreciate you. Right. Okay. I'm kidding, everybody. Sure. Thank you for listening, however you're listening. <laughs> Whether it's in a cubicle or in a car or in a subway or in a... On a oh, actually, that segue. reminds me. Yeah. I'm going to do a story for BuzzFeed about people who listen to podcasts at very high speeds. <laughs> it's the most mind-boggling thing I've so ever heard. So if you listen to podcasts at, let's say, above 2x, yeah, please get in touch. There you go. Email, I'm very curious about your life. Email uh, Matt and Dory at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny as I listen, I was listening to Ken Levine's podcast and uh, he was talking about how someone had emailed him saying that he listened to it at two times. They, they listened to the, his podcast at 2x. Mm-hmm. And then he just went super slow too. We did the same thing. That's so funny. And I didn't even know that. Man. Uh, all right, everybody. Time for the emails. This one's from Melanie. Hi, Matt and Dory. I had to stop listening to the latest podcast to react to Matt's story about your transfer day. Oh, boy. I haven't even gotten to that. What the fuck is wrong with the billing department? <laughs> Calling you in while you're waiting for the transfer and telling you that you owe some thousands? We don't know how many, actually, of dollars? Transfer day is supposed to be stress-free. Uh, the, that's the worst business practice I've heard of in the infertility world. And I thought the valet crap was bad enough. Uh, our parking is built into this thousands of dollars, by the way. Yeah. It's insane. Anyway, you both sounded cool as a cucumber, which just amazes me. Uh, I know how I get with ART bills. Uh, even, I'm sorry, even when I know exactly what to expect. Anyway. Just had to write in when I heard that absurdity crossing my fingers that the embryo sticks. I'll be thinking of guys during your two-week wait. Good luck. Uh, so, you know, fun fact about them. They double-charged my checking account. <laughs> double-charged. <laughs> After all that. Double-charged it. So I looked at my... I got, a, I got an alert from... Uh, Bank of America, which I had set up from my college days to alert me when my balance fell below $25, which uh, in college I was like, oh, that's pretty low. I should probably put an alert for that. Uh, and I got it and I looked and I was like, oh my God, they charged me two times the amount. Because I think they tried the first time and it didn't go through they because just of a kept, fraud alert. They just kept, well, because I'm not, I'm not running around with my debit card charging thousands of dollars. Right. <laughs> anyway. Did you get that sorted out? Uh, I don't know. I'll look. Okay. Um. Anyway, it's anyway. Until we bananas. got Melanie's email, it hadn't like totally registered that, that actually was a fucked up thing to do. Yeah. And you know what? It was this bitchy woman at reception who I've seen a couple times, and I think she's new, and she's obsessed with billing. <laughs> Because the ones who I like know and who know me, like they're super nice yeah. and they're never like, you have to go to billing. And that one, whenever I get her, she's like, you need to go to billing right now. Like she's very like, like it's almost like she takes pleasure in sending you to billing. Well, I think we should leave a nice note. To whom? Uh, uh, Dr. Beck, Dr. Mars, Dr. Ringler. <laughs> Seema. <laughs> Anyway. Should I leave a Yelp review? Thank you for your support, (laughs) Melanie. I appreciate it. This is from Carrie. 
Hey guys, just a quick note about our infertility clinic. Our clinic is part of a major university academic. Oh wait, this is in reference to the question from Jean last week about why all the porn in the jerk off rooms is so misogynistic. Oh great, I'm glad we got an info. So we got a couple emails about this. Good. Yeah. All right, this is from Carrie. Uh, a quick little note about our infertility clinic. Our clinic is part of a major public university academic medical center in the South. All the porn in the jerk-off room has a sticker with a barcode, property of blank university medical center. Someone had to go out and purchase the materials with a university credit card or submit reimbursement <laughs> requests, which are incredibly detailed. Not only that... These items have to be included in the yearly inventory and publicly available <laughs> financial statements due to it being a state-funded university. It tickles me to imagine the accounting office person mm. reviewing all the information and that our very conservative state tax dollars are going to purchase porn. That's funny. That is funny. Um, and this is from Kristen. And then I'm going to hand over to Dory to start reading a couple of emails that people are tired of hearing my voice. I have written in before about my experiences working in a fertility clinic lab, so I had to stop episode 52 in the middle to write you my answer or why, who chooses the porn in the collection rooms. So it makes this podcast great, by the way. For the clinic I worked at, it was rotated about every six months and was chosen by our HR slash office manager, a woman, also the highest ranking employee since the clinical and IVF labs were a separate company from the rest of the clinic, who told us that she took her husband along to make sure that she got the good stuff, <laughs> but that it was also purposefully fairly generic. I can't tell you what that means because I've never bothered to find out what kind of porn we kept around the lab. Uh, uh around period the lab was also in the basement so there was no cell reception and we don't have wi-fi for patients that is just brutal Ooh. get wi-fi for patients <laughs> what are you running the dark ages <laughs> maybe that has changed since i was there over four years ago oh god i hope it's changed it would definitely be a good idea anyways thanks again for the wonderful podcast i wish you the best result at the end of your two-week wait some kind of fortuitous bank error that results in you getting mistakenly deposited a large sum of money. You know what? We had a bank error, but in reverse. <laughs> you know that Monopoly card bank error in your favor? Yeah. You never get those. No. Except for that one college student who got a million dollars deposited into his account by financial aid accidentally. Oh. And then spent a lot of it. <laughs> oh. Um, this is from Sarah. Hi, Dorian Matt. Firstly, congratulations on your embryo transfer. Fingers crossed that this one works out right. I've been listening for a while and appreciate having you chatting away in my ear as I'm doing dull tasks at work. That's another big demo for well, us. Well, I didn't think any less of the cubicle people. No, of course. But like the dull task people listen to a lot of podcasts. Sure. Um, and bringing me news and advice from the world of IVF. We've been stuck in IVF world for longer than I would have liked having done one fresh transfer, two banking cycles, two abandoned FETs and two actual FETs in the last year and a half. They've all failed, but we have one more blastocyst in the freezer that we will likely transfer in the new year once I've had a couple of biopsies done. Get it. In answer to the question, how do you keep your sanity while doing IVF post on episode 52, I'd like to offer knitting. Oh, sure. I learned to knit when I was six or seven and picked it up again maybe eight years ago. My output has vastly increased while doing IVF, partly because there is so much waiting around. I travel in public transport when going through a cycle rather than riding my bike, which gives me loads of knitting time, and I find it so calming. It gives my head something to do, gives my hands something to do, keeps me busy, 
makes me recognizable in the waiting room for good or for bad, makes actual physical things and reinforces the whole lots of tiny things add up to big things and one step slash stitch at a time philosophies that are useful to remember when doing IVF. That sounds far too positive. (laughs) In short, I hate going through IVF and knitting helps. (laughs) As to what I knit, I have a blanket on the go that naively I thought I could start at the beginning of my first IVF, knit through that pregnancy, and wrap my baby in a year later, but that didn't quite go to plan, so the blanket keeps getting bigger, which is also a touch boring. Hats for friends' babies, which is time to practice being nice to them because they have babies and I don't. Scarves for me, gloves for me, hats for me. The thing about knitting is that there's an actual output that someone gets to enjoy. Why not me? Yeah, that's fair. That's a good point. And actually, I've started knitting for my babe yet to be. I know some people will think that bad luck, but to be honest, I've had three and a half years of not knitting for this yet to exist baby, and that hasn't brought me any good luck. So now I'm knitting the things I want my baby to wear in the hope that the love that goes into the knitting will tether their soul a bit tighter and persuade them to make landfall (laughs) and make me less irate that I'm knitting cute patterns and adorable colors for other people's kids. So that's my tuppence. I enjoyed that. If you don't know how to knit or crochet, now would be a good time to learn. I'm sure there are YouTube tutorials of such things. So I used to knit. And in fact, in a bag in the closet of my office, Mm -hmm. there is a a scarf that is half finished (laughs) with the needle still attached Uh that I started around, I want to say... (sighs) 1999 or the year 2000. Okay. Um, so I've periodically thought about taking up knitting again and perhaps finishing that scarf. Yeah. Um, Just it for the record. You started that when I was 16. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I haven't worked on it in years. Yeah. But I've carried it with me from place to place. That's impressive that you haven't just thrown it out. Well, I'm always like, maybe I'll take it up again. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe you will. Maybe I will. Maybe this is it. Maybe this is the time. Crochet also intrigues me. Remember for a minute, I was like, you're going to needle point. And then it got too hard. You were just advancing at such a high rate. Mm. You're already doing hard birds. Well, I was, I got to the point where like they didn't give you the pattern already printed. You had to like count the number of squares. And I was like, oh, this is too hard. <laughs> It's like right. when you learn, start learning an instrument and then, you know, you hit that point where you're, you just hit the plateau and then you're like, eh. Totally. I was, I've never been good at getting past the plateau. Well, I have a, I have like a steep learning curve, like a quick learning curve. Yeah. And then I plateau and I'm like, mm, this is hard. I, me too. I think everybody's like that. No. Yeah. I bet Obama's not like that. Okay. Maybe he's not. I think everybody's like that. Fine. All right. This is from Lindsay. Yes. Dory was suggesting two week activities to an email writer in this week's episode and suggested things like organizing and cleaning. I wanted to also add sewing. I grew up in a sewing family, although I didn't get into it until a couple of years ago. I'm now a mostly self and YouTube tutorial taught seamstress. See? That's cool. I find sewing so meditative and also love the problem solving aspects of it. During a recent two-week wait, I made a bug hunting vest for my adventure-loving six-year-old niece. (laughs) That's cool. I've also made things for my dogs, friends, and family. The best part is that sewing is conducive to podcast or audiobook listening or putting on an old favorite show to listen to. 
I've also taken a couple of sewing classes for people who aren't quite beginners, and it is really fun to learn a new skill with a little group of potential pals. Anyway, I hope the two weeks pass quickly. Thank you for all the good you guys are putting into the world. All the best, Lindsay. P.S. I forgot to say, Dory, I love startup a novel. I read that upside down and I'm Aww. laughing at it already. Thank you, Lindsay. I also gave you lots of stars on Goodreads and I've been liking the good reviews. Thank you. We haven't said that in a while. No. Go to Goodreads if you have a Goodreads account. Like the good reviews of startup a novel. Thank you. And also, I wanted to say that when Bo licks the microphone, I'm always reminded of my dog, Toby, who loves to lick our floors constantly. <laughs> So a big slurp from Toby to Bo. Oh, that's adorable. Um, we. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like, I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher, like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet, not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? <laughs> but they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. <laughs> That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like you know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, well, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, if for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. 
Head over to bombus.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. We're back in a saddle again. This is from Anonymous. Lately, uh, you have all been talking about how much Matt has been working. Oh, boy. I asked not to talk about this again. Uh, my boyfriend and I are in a long-term relationship and just moved in together about six months ago after being long distance for about a year. We're both chefs. Oh, God, that is a busy life. But I left the restaurant life to become a personal chef and have more freedom over my own schedule, and he's still an executive chef. He's always worked a lot, but initially, upon moving in, I thought, at least if we live in the same house, it won't be as bad. I was wrong. Most of the time, I see him as he's leaving for work in the morning, and when he gets in bed at night, I'm already asleep. That's us. Yep. He typically works 14 to 16 hours a day. We don't get to talk during the day, and he only has two days off a week, in which we he will usually spend with his friends slash family. Mm-hmm. It feels like one of those days should be yours. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to ask one. How Dory has been able to cope with or adjust to being without Matt so much? It's been tough. Not going to lie. Uh-huh. But I think one of the things that is getting me through this particular period is knowing that it is finite. Right. Yeah, we are fortunate in the sense that I only have to be in New York for weekends while Star Trek Discovery is on. Right. And then your sidekick sidekick is is 10 weeks so yeah and sidekick you know when it's just listen it's (laughs) what did andy andy said something today because he's recently into baseball he decided uh, he loves the yankees uh two days ago okay even though he's from manhattan and should have been liking the yankees since he was a small child but he was a nerd but andy said uh in reference to i think this he's like it's like swinging two it's like swinging two bats in the on deck circle and then when you come up to bat with one bat you're like wow this is a lot easier than it used to be that was what i said last week about the the jewish fable of the guy who <laughs> yeah the guy who had too much too stuff small. in his house yeah no he thinks his house is too small the guy thinks he had so much stuff in his house no 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 that's yes not it. the guy's like i got too much stuff help me move it up no that's not how it goes anyway uh, does it ever bother you or is it just something you accept at this time? Um, it does bother me. And it's also something that I, that I have to accept for now. Now I will, I will tell you though, that when Matt was not away every weekend, as you, as you all know, we instituted date night Yes, because even then, like, I mean, it was nothing compared to like it is now, but even then it was like, if we didn't make an effort, we would have just kind of let it go by the wayside or do you have to let it linger do you have to do you have to uh, linger you know that's mm-hmm. I, I like to sing a cranberry song every once in a while but you do i've never heard lingering. you sing a cranberry song before it's a new thing i just started oh. it's a habit like I the yankees up in new york uh i still get upset and miss him even when he's asleep next to me because i haven't been able to speak with him or enjoy uh time together in days any suggestions of what I can do to make this something that doesn't constantly upset me? Thank you guys so much. You have to have... You have to set the time you aside. You have to set the time aside. The end. Like, yeah. honest to God, if Dory and I didn't have this podcast, I don't even know that I would have be able to catch up with her. Yeah. I would have probably filled something in on this night, like yep. some other podcast. Oh, God. Um, so, I, you know, it is it is brutally important when you have two busy people that if there is any time that you have available uh, 
that 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 syncs up that lines up you you take it and you know honestly if he's not willing to do that then you need to take well, a cray. real hard look at things yeah but we won't we we won't cross that bridge till we get to it yeah maybe he's just never even thought of it yeah, you know it could totally. just be one of these guys that's real 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 never thinking of it kind of guy mm-hmm. uh dory we have a voicemail to play yes we do um, but it's it's going to take me a moment to Oh, that's weird, because you wrote play voicemail right here on our rundown that you make uh, carefully yeah, every week. I, I did, but I was also very, you know, consumed by this email, and I'm now ready, so slow your roll. <laughs> Hi, Matt and Dory. Um, this is Annalise from Texas. I just was listening to this week's episode, and I wanted to call and um, just say, Matt, if you need to take a week off or two weeks off from the podcast, just do it. (laughs) Don't beat yourself up and don't work so hard. I mean, I know you can't exactly just take a week off from the Goldbergs or After Trek or uh, or Sidekick and all of those things are amazing and I have been a super fan of Matt for many, many years, but I'm calling in on my two-hour commute from uh, one city in Texas to another. My husband's in grad school. We have a two-year-old. I get it. You're exhausted. Everyone will support you if you need to take some time and just rest. You can't (laughs) work on this burnout schedule all the time. Anyway, I just wanted to call and say we love you, we support you, and just please take care of yourself, take care of Dory, and be healthy. Bye. That was... uh nice voicemail i did not know we got and did not think about but uh i appreciate the thought you know i could start doing some episodes on my own uh if that would help you could you could also um not do episodes on your own we could just continue to do the episodes every week okay I mean, I'm really, I appreciate that. And I'm, 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 uh, you know, I circled my weekend off November 18th and 19th. And, uh, you know, I wanted to go to Vegas, but Dory said no. So, uh, I don't know. We'll just do something else relaxing. I said, why don't you come? (laughs) And she also said no. So, you know. We'll figure it out. You know, our first, Matt's first weekend, not flying to New York, he wanted to run away from me and go to Vegas. Not away. I wanted you to come too. Because mm. we were then immediately turning around and going to fucking Westport. Yep. To go to Thanksgiving. Correct. Where I'll probably have to cook a turkey because no one else can do it right. Well, you're very good at it. <sighs> I got to tell you. Last year, two years ago, at your sister's house. What didn't they have that was insane? Kosher salt. Yeah. And uh, didn't they also not have a grater or a, or a potato peeler? Or they a... didn't have a potato peeler. They didn't have... I had to go... I, I, ha, I, I went to Macy's in Washington, D.C. to buy a roasting pan <laughs> for a turkey. <laughs> I think my brother will be better equipped. I don't know. Because they've been living in the tiny apartment on the Upper East Side for so long that I bet they haven't accumulated a bunch of kitchen stuff. Well, guess what? What? They listen to this podcast. Well, you guys better be ready. 
because you know if i show up and i'm making a fucking run to macy's for a roasting pan the most basic of of thanksgiving necessities aka something to put the turkey in i will lose my mind and karen i know you listen to this i hope the next time i go to austin you have a fucking potato peeler and tin foil and kosher salt in your kitchen of which you're having seven people over for thanksgiving that's it just asking for the basics your staples if you will and uh you know our anonymous listener who's a personal chef you get it yeah you know she gets it wait was the personal chef anonymous yeah okay good yeah anonymous listener of personal chef you understand you know what i'm going through <sighs> anyway mind you guys i'm not upset about having to go to westport i'm upset about having to go to new york for eight weeks in a row and then the second i don't have to go i have to fly to jfk so we will see you in los angeles in 2020 19 19 and if not Los Angeles, guess what? We're all going to Vegas. Um, okay. This is from Trinette. Hello there. I was so excited to hear your transfer story this morning on the newest podcast. And I'm even more excited to hear uh, your Dr. Net with a natural cycle. I myself have gone through the natural cycle after two failed attempts with all the drugs. My lining even th- never thickened and I developed fluid. It ended up being the last resort to try for us even though the clinic didn't sound super excited about doing it i honestly didn't get much information about it beforehand when i turned to the trusty internet to research it more there was still so many questions to be answered everything i could find online had to do with a natural egg retrieval but not a natural transfer i'm a surrogate so i was bypassing the retrieval step so this wasn't particularly helpful to me very interesting i reached out to the facebook group as well as my surrogate support group for what the natural cycle entailed with that success what the what the success rate was in comparison to a medicated cycle and why more clinics aren't going this natural route and received almost no response i know more about it now that i've gone through it myself but i'm really wondering why more clinics don't pursue this route right off the bat for women they meet that meet the right criteria what a time money sanity saving way to go are we saving money this round um, we saved some money because You're not buying all the I didn't have to buy so many meds. Guys, I didn't even tell you. We're going to get to the back to this email in one second. Dory's Night Terror. Do you remember it? The one where I woke up afraid I hadn't taken the meds? Yeah. Yeah, I do remember it. it w- because that's been the sort of like recurring dream lately. So, you know, I had just <gasps> fallen asleep. This was Monday night, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had just gotten home after being in New York. And then going to work and then going to Burbank. And it was very late and I went to sleep and I tried to fall asleep. And then Doria woke up. It was so sad. She woke up and she started screaming. I lost it. It's over. I lost it. And I, yeah, there's the process of your brain when your wife wakes up with night terrors where you have to sort of uh, figure out what her dream's about. And you have to try to talk her out. I will say, this is the longest it took me to talk you out of a night terror. 
Hmm. Um, it seemed very real. Well, I mean, I actually, Dory was freaking out and I grabbed her and I said, it's okay. You're like, no, I didn't do it. I didn't take it. And I'm like, what didn't you take? And you're like, the medicine. And I was like, okay, let's talk about it. What kind of medicine were you supposed to take? And you're like, I don't know. And I was like, okay, progesterone. Did you take it? And she said, yes. And then I said, well, what about estrogen? And then she said. That was when I started coming out of it. Yeah. I said, estrogen. And Dory's like, I wear a patch. And then I was like, are you wearing it? Although. Or rather, have you been wearing it? You did just remind me I forgot to put it on this morning. Let's go do that. Let's go do that. Right now? Yeah. <laughs> We're back. Hi. And so I said, have you taken the estrogen? She's like, I wear a patch. And I was like, did you, do you, did you wear the patch today? And then she said, yes. And I was like, is there any other medication you could have missed? And she said, no. So I said, there, you took all your medicine. Yep. And then I think you were okay. Yeah, but I had had another night. But it was very scary. Yeah, it felt very scary. I was scared. It was. And I was just like, I, I just, I was, I felt bad because you're going through, you have all this stress. Yeah, I've been sleeping very badly. And the stress and I, me snoring wasn't helping. Last you night, much. you snoring was not helping. <sighs> yeah. Over the weekend, I was sleeping really badly. I woke up like a couple times in the night and you weren't here. Yeah. Did you reach for me? No. No. Yeah, I was gone. But I was just like, like. You should let Bo up. No. Yeah. No, because that's just going to. No. When I'm gone. You know, when he was sick and you were gone, he came up in the bed and I woke up and I found him in bed next to me. I know. He's such a good boy. <laughs> and then when I had my panic attack, he came up on the bed. I know. Um, so anyway, guys, I just made Dory a chart. Yep, he did. For estrogen and progesterone. Mm-hmm. And uh, she gets to check it off. Mm-hmm. When she checks off all the all the boxes, she gets a star. <gasps> I do? Yep. Oh, cool. So I hope that that is a great thing. And I hope it works. And I hope she takes everything she needs to take. Back to Trinette's story about natural transfers. My question is, regarding these natural transfers, was the process explained to you beforehand, or were you just told that this was what was going to happen? Has anyone else gone through a natural cycle, with or without success? Has anyone been given uh, this as an option when initially discussing the IVF plan? Um, I was just told that this is what was going to happen. That's true. You were. But it was partly because I have a fibroid, and um, yeah, you didn't want, she didn't want it to she grow. didn't want it to grow, and too much estrogen can make them grow. The other thing is, you can only do a natural cycle if you ovulate regularly. Uh huh. And she knew that I was a regular ovulator, so I mean, I suspect that that is part of the reason why more people don't do it because you know, big one of the causes of infertility is PCOS. And if you have PCOS, you don't really, you don't ovulate. Mm. So if you have PCOS, I don't think you can do a natural. Well, you know what? I'm going to call it PCOS. Oh, cause that's what we started calling it. Well, fine. Um, okay. And to the woman that was asking about gifts support for her surrogate, this is still from Trinette. 
The best gift I am receiving during this process is a house cleaner. Ah. I'm still really early in the pregnancy, but having two kids, working full-time, plus some and all the other life events, have having a house cleaner coming every few weeks is the best gift, gift I could ever receive. As for emotional support, I think her and her surrogate will be able to figure out what level of contact works best for them as they go through their journey together. I really appreciate the little check-in texts I get weekly to make sure I'm, uh, to reciprocate, just so they know I'm thinking of them as well. Even though it is a business transaction, there is so much trust involved in both ends. on both ends. I think it is really nice to know I'm still thought of as a human instead of just an incubator. Aww. Thanks for the great podcast and thinking all the sticky thoughts for you guys. Thanks, Trinette. I like a sticky thoughts. Sure. Uh, all right. Would you like to read anything? Yeah, I would. How about this one from Kate? Um, so, the, she, okay, here we go. Last month I was diagnosed, she has, they have unexplained infertility. Okay. Um, I have Hashimoto's hypothyroid and my husband's sperm count is a little meh. But he's been on Clomid for about two months, and all of my tests have been mostly perfect until recently. Last month, I was diagnosed with celiac disease, and both my GI doc and my celiac specialist are convinced that celiac has been the cause of our infertility issues and advised me not to get pregnant until my body had healed, thanks to my new gluten-free life. The only treatment for celiac is going completely gluten-free and avoiding all cross-contamination for the rest of my days. I've read up on the subject, and there does appear to be a lot of info online that says untreated celiac can cause infertility in women. Cue me being fucking distraught generally all the time about everything. I well, mean, I mean, if fair. you're told you have to go gluten-free, I'd be... I, 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 I would be You'd be distraught. More distraught than she is. We asked my RE about celiac and infertility, and she said in her experience that these two things should not be an issue together and encouraged to continue our plan for IUI. We went ahead with it. I guess we were hoping that this could be a bright spot in our otherwise shitty year. I got laid off in 2017, too. Ugh. Ugh. I spoke to my celiac specialist post-IUI about possible failure and what to do next. She also had celiac herself, and she said that she would use protection and hold off on trying to conceive for at least a year until my body is healthy enough to sustain a pregnancy. Interesting. You can imagine what that news felt like. We've already been trying for almost a year and a half, and now we're supposed to put everything on hold. Based on my understanding of celiac and pregnancy, I'm at risk for a spontaneous abortion, stillbirth, and low birth weight if I were able to carry to term. I don't have any solid numbers or evidence to show that I'm somehow at a higher risk than anyone else, but that's the verbal info I've been given. I'm absolutely heartbroken at the idea of waiting a year and having sad condom sex with my husband. The condoms are sad. He's lovely. He suggested that the specialist advice was just that advice and we don't have to take it, but we're both very anxious and unsure about next steps. Right. What would you or your other listeners do in this scenario? Since there are always risks that come along with pregnancy, I'm not sure what to think or feel. And I'm really bummed out. Much love to you both. And lots of belly rubs for Bo. Our big dumb Brown mutt Indy says rough wishing you a fast two week wait and good news soon. Um, Okay. I know the waiting seems so hard. But what I think what I would do is I would just be like, you know what? All right, we have a year. We can like now we get this year to like do some stuff that I wouldn't be able to do if I were pregnant. That's you could treat it like a baby moon where you're doing all sorts of uh, activities and or hobbies that you're not things you wouldn't pick up 
But otherwise. Well, people have baby moons when they're pregnant. I know. Why not have a year and nine month baby moon? Mm, okay. I mean, we've been on a three year baby moon. Yeah. That's what I've been calling it. Okay. Uh, it's a never ending baby moon, by the way. Um, I don't know. What's your advice? I was giving it and then you were poo-pooing it when I said baby moon wrong. So you go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. You should be. Okay. So go ahead. That was my advice was to just kind of do some stuff. Like maybe if you can't, I know you got laid off, but if you can travel at all, um, you know, do some do some stuff that you wouldn't be able to do if you were pregnant or had a kid. Uh, my advice is also to f- maybe find some people who might be similar to you uh, via a Facebook group. Like a celiac Facebook group. Like a celiac Facebook group. You know, hit up the eggheads in yeah. Excellent Adventure Facebook group. Yeah. See if anyone has dealt with that. I'm, I'm inclined to think that of the people in there that have gone through IVF, are there some with gluten intolerances and celiac disease? I bet you're right. Bet there are. Yeah. Um, so I would absolutely hit them up for information and, and, and just to sort of talk to them. How do yeah. they do it? How do they go through it? And at the end of the day, you know, you have to do what's best for you right now. Mm-hmm. And if that means lame condom sex for a year, then. So be it. That's what you got to do. Yep. All right. Okay. I thought that was a great answer, Matt. Yep. Thank you, Bo. Oh my God, it was Bo a good answer. Just like Did you hear that? Yeah, that was weird. Hmm. Um. All right, I'm gonna read this one from sure. Karen. Hi, Matt and Dory. Thank you for the wonderful podcast. I started listening to your pod about a year ago, and I was prepping to try to get pregnant for the first time at age 38. I assumed I would have trouble because I'm older, but I was surprised to find we got pregnant the first month we tracked ovulation. Whoa. <clears throat> Sadly, at 12 weeks, following genetic testing, we found out that the fetus had Down syndrome. We made the decision to terminate the pregnancy, something I'm glad my partner and I had talked about before getting pregnant and were on the same page about, but also a desperately sad experience. The really tricky part for me is that weeks 10 to 12 were a time when I was processing what I think is the normal panic a person might feel about the life-changing responsibilities of having a child. It's not that I hadn't thought about these things before, but in my worry about being able to get pregnant and general lifelong sense of wanting to be a parent, I hadn't spent a lot of time thinking about the details. We also were pregnant somewhat sooner than I thought we would be, thinking that I was likely to face infertility. So in those weeks, I was doing a lot of heavy thinking. I liken it to when you're finally strapped into the seat of a roller coaster after waiting in line for two hours. You really want to be on the ride. But the dread you feel when you're going up the ramp is intense and you entertain thoughts like, I don't really want to go down that first drop. Is this really safe? Why do people do this? Can I handle it? I imagine that a lot of people go through this feeling when pregnant and you eventually get to a place where you've answered the questions, thought about how you can handle it and gotten lots of social support. People figure out how to be great at parenting. Everyone says being a parent is worth it. But I didn't get the chance to work through it. It's kind of like the ride got stopped right at the point where you're supposed to be terrified. So even though the experience of losing the pregnancy was devastating, it was tinged with this small, vague sense of relief at getting off the scary ride. Mm. The mix of emotions is making it really hard to wrap my head around trying to conceive again. Knowing that many of your listeners have dealt with miscarriages and genetic problems, and maybe also the feeling of being so preoccupied with trying to get pregnant that you're surprised to find some doubts once you are pregnant, I thought I'd send along my story. Do you have thoughts on how to work through this? How have others dealt with this feeling? Thanks again, Karen. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. First of all, if you're stopping the roller coaster before the scary part, that's the top of the hill. So I would argue that being stopped there is scarier than that hill. Yeah, I think you're right. So I think you're in the worst of it. Yeah. To use your own metaphor against sure. you. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Cold. Sorry, Karen. Um, you know, because think about it. Having to get out and walk down that ladder that's on the hill to the right. It's scary. Well, you know, we got stuck at Halloween Horror Nights last year. On, on Jurassic Park. Yes. And I believe at one point we were stuck on a going up. We were. Hill. Yeah. 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 Anyway, that's, we're just talking about roller coasters now instead of your actual life, which is a roller coaster in and of itself. Um, I don't know. It's so weird. It's a weird world we live in now where these genetic tests can happen. And, uh, you know, it's great that you and your partner discussed this prior. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, what do you, what do you, how do you work through that? I think, I mean, therapy. It's true. I think therapy is a good way to work through it. Um, I think also just like, not being ashamed of these feelings. Yeah. Not feeling like you shouldn't have these feelings or guilt about these feelings. Like, you know, we feel what we feel. Totally. And we should just like feel those things. That's, I mean, that's true. And like allow yourself to be scared and allow yourself to admit that you're scared. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm scared. I think also like, you know, a lot of us sounds like you too, Karen, like, you know, someone like me, I've spent a lot of my life without a kid. Like, it's not like I'm 22 and having a kid when like, I don't know shit. And like, I don't really know what it's like to be an adult and live on my own and like have a life on my own. Like I have had a life on my own. Yeah. We have had a life on our own, you know? And like the thought of a child disrupting that even if it's amazing and we want that child, it is like it's our lives are going to completely change. And I think when you are, when you do have a kid, when you're a little older, you kind of like you, you a little bit like, you know more what you don't know. Whereas when you're younger, you don't know what you don't know. You know what I mean? It's well, like, it's like, it's like wishing I were stupid. So I wasn't so affected by the world. Totally. Do you know what it is? Exactly. Exactly. It's a hundred percent that it's like, you know, when you, when you're younger and you just think about having kids in the abstract, I'm envying those people in the shop list, shoplifting subreddit because they don't know to feel wrong about it. Exactly. Like, 
you know, ignorance is bliss. And now we are not that ignorant. We have friends with kids. We have relatives with kids. We see what their day-to-day lives are like. And as amazing as their kids are, it is like, wow, like every, you ha- like everything has to change. And that can be scary. Yeah. Like I'm like pretty much ready for it, but there are there are also times when I'm like, "Fuck!" You're not ready till you till it happens. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Like no one's ever ready, ready. Yep. Um. Yep. Oh, she has a PS. Oh, well, let's hear it. On a related topic, did you know that they send you to Planned Parenthood for termination of any quote viable pregnancy? The procedure couldn't be done in the clinic where I'd been getting my OBGYN care, genetic counseling, and genetic testing because of quote state laws which has turned up my political outrage and Planned Parenthood donations 100%. That's like another layer of just like bullshit that we have to go through. Totally. Um, I think we have time for two more emails. Okay. Which two would you like to read? Um, I think I'm going to read this one from Imogen. Mm -hmm. She says, I wanted to share my two cents on what you could do for the best of episode idea you were talking about. Remember that? Vaguely. Yeah. Um, Oh, this episode might be our one year anniversary episode. Actually, now that I think about it, happy anniversary to us. Is this episode 56? I don't know. Because I feel like we've done enough bon- four bon- three or four bonus episodes, so 52 weeks would be... Yeah, but I think we started on like October 8th or something, and this the date of this week's episode will be October 9th. Oh, it was all rapid fire back then. Remember, guys? We were like in the middle of it, having a transfer, a whole thing. And guess what? We're still here. We're still in the middle of it. Doing the same shit. Um, I thought maybe you could do an episode talking about all the main things you have learned from your journey. She said said learnt, so she must be British. And from doing the podcast, as well as what you have learnt from listeners. Her name's Imogen, of course she is. So it would be kind of a guide for those starting out in the fertility journey on things to be aware of, think about, ask doctors, etc. That's an interesting idea. It's certainly a... I mean, it's a good idea for an episode, period. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's, I, the, 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 the silence you're hearing right now is me thinking about the idea of even actually this working and what that would be like and what this podcast becomes. I don't know. Yeah. So many things. A lot to wrap our heads around. A lot to unpack. <laughs> Always. <laughs> um, our but yes, la- that is a good, a good idea. Our Angel. last email is from Lex. Oh, boy. Would you like greatest, to read it? The greatest listener in the history of podcasts. Would you like to read it? Uh, I don't know. Do you do you, do you want me to read it? Well, do you think like, I should read it? Well, you're, he's like your guy. I mean, I'm a big Lex fan. This does this. I mean, I'm a big Lex fan, too, but, you know. <clears throat> hey, guys. First off, with Matt's screwy schedule, I can no longer hold off emailing until just before I head out for the week on Sunday morning. So hopefully this gets to you before you record this week. It has. Sure did. I was stoked to hear about the uh, earlier-than-anticipated transfer. I'll keep my fingers crossed uh, for you until we hear more. Now back to Matt's insane work week. 
Uh, it's no wonder you're having panic attacks. I get a little flushed thinking about it. Keep in mind that I generally spend five days uh, at a time away from home, somewhere between 50, 60 hours of that day spent driving, of that week, rather. Uh, I try to cram as much time as I can with young John Cash and my lovely wife, Beverly, into my 40-hour weekends that I can't always manage to record my one podcast. You are doing all that at once while putting out multiple podcasts, not to mention TV content. Well, I don't have a John Cash. I do have a Beverly. Her name's Dory. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a bow. I do. I guess my point is thank you. Your overworked week helps to make my overworked week more bearable. <laughs> By the time I get to this point in my week, Thursday evening. It is Thursday evening. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, he's on, the, you know, he's on East Coast time. My mind and body are shot. I'm sitting in eastern Pennsylvania getting unloaded and have to go grab a load going back to home that delivers tomorrow i can go home as soon as i get done but i know full well that after i park to sleep tonight i'll wake up to my alarm after my legal minimum 10 hour break and go back to sleep a couple slash few hours even though i know it puts off seeing my wife and son who are waiting for me not to mention a brand new zoom h6 on matt's recommendation and i haven't yet uh, that I haven't seen yet. And a dog, I just learned, got an unannounced haircut from my son. <laughs> so I feel Thanks, an appreciation. Cash. <laughs> uh, also, take care of yourself. Panic attacks are nothing to fuck with. My wife has them caused by a PTSD relating to a horrible childhood. Try to find some time for yourself on there somewhere. Uh, until next time, Lex. P.S. I almost forgot to my very important ethical question sitting here listening to the red sox astros game i myself am a giants fan but they took a shit this year so i have to find someone else to pull for in this season my wife is a red sox fan and that's where i'm leaning but is it okay to root for a team that's not yours who happens to be playing against houston in a post harvey world parenthetical i did root against the yankees in 2001 so i think i know the answer well actually you know what i'm gonna say is this might not be the year to root for the red sox um (laughs) We sp- I was uh, Bishop, my friend Chris Bishop and I, he's from Houston, and uh, we work together. He's an EP on the Goldbergs. Uh, we spent lunchtime watching an hour and 20 minutes of the game because I my 12, we go to lunch at 1230 usually, but there was a whole lunch debacle today. What happened? We were going to have mozza. Whoa. Nice. And pizzeria mozza um still nice and apparently they went to go pick it up they had fucked up the order <gasps> they didn't have the order they, they got all the way the order. here they wanted to from read the order. yeah oh so no. we're sitting in there and at like 12 20 emily our one of our, our office manager comes over and tapes over the cpk menu on top of the moza menu <laughs> oh no i laughed so hard <laughs> Um, I laughed so hard. It was the funniest thing I've seen in a long time. Just to go from Moza, which is amazing pizza, to California Pizza Kitchen, which is California Pizza Kitchen. And um, so lunch was later. So I had a phone call about Sidekick during lunch. And then I finished up and I got to watch the Red Sox yank the Red Sox uh, Astros game with two Astros fans. Kevin, our editor, also an Astros fan. <laughs> And I said, this is the only television staff 
in Los Angeles where I, as a Red Sox fan, am outnumbered by Astros fans. That is probably true. Um, but they're both very enjoyable people, and I find the team likable. So I don't have a problem with you rooting for the Astros. No, he's, I, he's not asking. He He's asking if you have a problem with him rooting for the Red Sox in a year when he should be rooting for the Astros. Well, I'm, I'm telling him, maybe today's not, I'm just saying, maybe not. Mm. not the year. Did the Red Sox lose today? They did, yeah, eight to two. Ouch. Um, but uh, listen, I'll take you. Come on over. <laughs> be a Red Sox fan with me. We go and gets tough, Lex. We get going. That's right. That's the Reds. I just hope they win one game. By the time you hear this podcast, the playoffs for the Red Sox could be over. Oh, dear. Who knows? Who knows? All right. Okay. That's it. Everybody take care of yourselves. Yep. Check out the Facebook group. Yep. Talk to people. Yep. Buy a t-shirt. Who are going through the same things. Get a t-shirt. And uh, you know what? Nice doing a podcast for you all, even in the busyness. Oh, that's really nice, honey. It's really the only time we get to see you, so. Oh, no. I mean, I think I'm doing it for them, but really, I just want to see my wife. Mm-hmm. All right, anyway. Okay, bye, bye, guys. Go, baby, go, baby, go.